Okay. Welcome, welcome back. Welcome to the duct tapes, everybody. Quack. There we go. Um, <laughs> Got we it had, out of the way. We had a great interview today. Amazing. With Scott Talinsky. Um, Who was super cool. And just super like cool. way more chill than I expected. In, in oh, you hear that, Scott? Most positive you hear that? Way. <laughs> she was judging a book by its cover. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is the uh, founder, I guess, I guess would use founder, the creator yeah. of leveluptuts.com. Um, from scratch leveluptutorials.com it's leveluptuts is like the the slang uh, the slang every time <laughs> i hear it i think of pharaohs too it's funny oh my um gosh. but yeah we had a great conversation with scott talking about his time before becoming a developer um the different uh ways that he's been involved in the community i guess or the different yeah. jobs that he's had like one at an agency one mm. at worked for ford and mm. now he's running his own business with the level up tutorials so yeah and his you know his newborn joins at a certain point yes. his dog joins so it's a real family podcast we get today. to meet everyone yeah um so as part of the celebration of getting scott talinsky on the huge celebration we are going to give away uh two of his new course that he's given away or that he's releasing on the 31st this upcoming wednesday that is on gatsby shopify and e-commerce um so go to ducttapes.fm and sign up for our newsletter and we will pick two winners in the next few weeks and email you with a link to get that course for free and this is a brand new course coming out so it is brand the new. latest technologies the most modern way possible to do yep. this and get started with e-commerce so please subscribe now and you can visit ducttapes.fm we hope you enjoy this episode and, and here we go here's scott yeah, it seems like Skype has kind of fallen by the wayside. isn't isn't quite as popular anymore. Every yeah, time right. I, I I suggest it to a, a guest, they say, "All right, well, I'll see if my account's still active." <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I guess it kind of makes sense why it's not popular because I accidentally started recording Tiffany and I just sitting here as a video, <laughs> and, and before I called you because I couldn't figure out which was the right button, but that might that might be my fault. So, uh, welcome to the duck pond. <laughs> <laughs> we, we want to start getting that going so this Love is the it. first episode we've said it and we think that it'll work out i'm 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 happy to be in the duck pond <laughs> <laughs> um so the first thing that i wanted to uh, ask you about was uh, not tech related but i saw that you went to school for music before yeah. getting into the tech industry so what was your uh goal in that what, what did you want to be <laughs> um it's a good question because I don't know if I really knew. One of my best friends was going in for music and the program is music technology. So it wasn't like you had to be mm. great at a particular mm. instrument. And I played a lot of instruments. I was really involved with tech stuff. And my program specifically was like uh, media arts. So even though I had to take all the core music classes, I had to take like 20 dance credits and 20 like video. And I had to take like projection installation art. So like a mm. lot of my stuff was really like multimedia focused and even though it was in the music school i really wanted to be more of like a motion graphics artist or like um i wanted to work in music videos that sort of thing but maybe more on the videography side of things okay so you don't play music oh i do like. oh okay yeah. all right what do you I play what's I, going on i play a lot of instruments uh i play i play piano uh i play the drums i play guitar um oh. primarily and i i I played drums in a band forever and ever when I was in, you know, middle school and high school and in mm -hmm. college and stuff. And then um, I'm never I'm not really good at any of it. I mean, I played <laughs> forever, but yeah. I've never been like the type who's like has the attention span to like really sit down and, and 
practice. I, I more like pick it up to play to to jam out and have fun with it a little bit. And yeah, that kind of sounds like like me in regards to programming. Like I'm, I know how to do it, I guess, but I wouldn't qualify myself as being good at it. What, what type of music um, was the band? Uh, our band was it was sort of it was rock music, but it was like uh, this would have been like 2003, so a long time ago. Uh, and it, it definitely had like influences from, I don't know, you'd want to say like bands like Incubus where you had like modern electronic stuff going on in the music, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like rap Rocky at all or I don't was know. Was it emo? Was it, it wasn't emo. Up? It no. was Dashboard. We weren't in an emo band. No, we we had a, our like bassist was like super artsy. So like, uh, you know, it was, it was not bordering on like jam music and it wasn't in that territory, but it was certainly like more artistic. And now that guy, mm -hmm. uh. The guy who did that is like he now is the mastering artist for the band Wolfpack, and uh, he's like a huge, huge. Um, he creates audio plugins, and he's like firmly in that world. Wow, that's awesome. So he yeah. stuck with it. He's yeah, he stuck with it, and he's <laughs> he uh, he's always he was like always more engineering focused, and he's just like really, really super talented at what he does. So he, I mean, he was doing that stuff back in high school. So uh, no surprise that he's um, professionally at the top of the game right now. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that like you never played any of your instruments long enough to like, I don't know, in your, to like get super good. But like how, how often would you suggest, like how often does someone have to play or program or do something to oh. like, well, it's less of like not being, not like time, but more like uh, focused effort, I should say, oh, okay. yeah. you know, like uh, I haven't, I wasn't the type to like look at um, a pattern and like practice that pattern over and over again until I had it perfect. It was like I did it a couple times. Like, oh, it's okay, it's good enough. It's like yeah. it's it's eighty percent of the way there. Sure, okay, it's it fine. keeps the beat. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, was music school when you found your interest in uh, breakdancing? Uh, I found it in before then. Actually, I I, I started getting into breaking in um, in high school, just because I saw it in music videos. There was like a music video, The Crystal Method the name of the game it's like a like a i don't know 2000s electronic that, rock with the guy on the street oh no i'm thinking of uh that spike jones video is this the one he had a giant nose i don't know who directed this video because it was very bizarre i think uh, i'm thinking of fat boy slim oh yeah and yeah hmm. um I would. I wonder. I'm really interested actually who directed this, this is like a person that had like just a giant nose like it was their whole oh face like they didn't have any eyes it was just yeah. very surrealist but he was a uh, he was breaking the whole time and i was just like this is the like if you haven't seen this video you should check it out because it's totally weird um but i was just like the breaking aspect of the video was just so cool i, I just wanted mm -hmm. to pick it up at the time i was into skating and i had gotten a concussion already so i was like kind of not super excited about being really high up in the air um yeah. so it's like oh, i'll just pick something that's like really close to the ground and then um and then that's pretty much how I picked that up. I, I just really wanted to learn it because I thought it was cool. And then you don't, it's like so many of these things that you pick up because they have, they're like flashy on the onset. Um, mm -hmm. They have a lot more depth into them than you see initially. So like with breaking, it's like, oh, I want to do this cool acrobatic stuff. And little did I know it's like, this is a huge artistic uh, form. It's all based around improvisation and like, you never know the music before it starts to play. They just play some random music and you have to react to it and come up with stuff on the spot. And it's like much more... Uh, of an artistic and like creative endeavor that way. Um, That's amazing. So, yeah. yeah. 
I didn't know it was like that. That's like so much improv. I oh, it's on... all improv. Yeah. Uh, you kind of know what like what you can do or what's within your limits, but you don't know the music. You don't know the situation. <laughs> uh, like if somebody does so, like a, a move or something and I can do it in a different or more interesting way, then I, instead of like, you know, doing some predefined thing, I have to respond to that. It's like a call and response sort of thing. That's yeah. Awesome. I, in before this interview, I was kind of looking at some um, breakdancing stuff on YouTube and some of the competitions. And I saw there's a lot of uh, mean mugging beforehand. I saw oh. one guys were staring at each other for like three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot of mean mugging. <laughs> and then uh, uh, a lot of that kind of like like robot stuff. Like there's some guy that I've, you know, going down one of those holes on YouTube, some guy named Chibi. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of him. C-H-I-B-I. He's like he looks like he's about 70 pounds. Um, with a big head, and he does this weird, like, I don't know is it, if it's popping and locking or whatever yeah. it's called. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to say that because um, I, I don't sound cool. But the videos are awesome, and it, it's really kind of crazy what these people can do and how much muscle control they have. It is it is crazy. And so um, to maybe clear up some of that confusion, the, pop, the popping and locking are, are oddly enough two, like, separate dances. No. So like popping is the dance that's like robotic stuff and like the waving sort of stuff that's popping. Mm -hmm. And then locking is like uh, rerun. There's a guy who just like it's like pointing and it's like very like clownish almost. It's very huh. different. So what people think of like popping and locking is usually just popping. And then like locking is something very weird that maybe they've seen before that they didn't know. It's like this huge. I don't even know where it started, but it, like that's always just been a like a misconception in the dance scene because you'll go to i went to like this is funny because you like locking isn't like super popular popping is fairly popular uh but locking isn't that popular and, and when i was living i interned in new york for a guitar world magazine for a little bit and when i was there yeah for for like eight months or so and um while i was there i it was i mean new york is like the scene for this kind of thing and i got invited to go to some some battle in um, it was like uptown and it was like one in the morning and it was like my first week in New York. I was just like, sure, I'll go, you know, I'll check it out. And I get in there and there we go into the basement of this, this club. And there's like 50 Japanese people locking all dressed up in like these stockings and all sorts of like, like Kangol hats and whatever. And it was, they were, they all flew in from Japan just from this like New York locking competition. It was just totally weird. And <laughs> it's like, felt like I was transported into this whole, whole other universe. Oh my, oh my gosh. That's true passion yeah. right there. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. do you, is it just because like um you say popping is more popular? Is that because people enjoy it more or is it easier to pick up or like do you have an opinion? It's probably harder to pick up, but it's Okay. It's it's more visible. Um Okay. You don't you don't see you you'll see like a locker occasionally on those TV shows or something, but like you don't see it around where like the it's almost like in breaking too where the flashy stuff, the spins and all that stuff, that's the stuff you're more likely to see, right? Mm -hmm. The popping right. stuff, it's it's flashier, where the locking stuff is definitely more technical. And and, and if people are poppers who are listening to this, like well, popping's hella technical too, but uh, <laughs> we have we have a huge we have a huge audience in the popping I, community. Yes. Yeah, I figured as much, but you know, I like to like to keep well, it real. Dude, once we had you like coming on the podcast, I went on your site and I just saw that breakdance video you have up. Oh yeah. Watched the whole thing, completely forgot why I was on your site in the first place until it like looped around. It was so cool. And oh, thank like, you. How, how long have you been doing it now? Like how many years, if you don't mind me asking? Like, Yeah, since 2004. So however many that is. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, 15. Yeah. Um, 
and uh yeah just for a really long time and and uh you know i used to practice like four times a week or so i don't practice that much anymore maybe a couple times a week um because it's really hard on your body especially as you get older and i didn't start till i was like 18 so you know it it wasn't exactly you know i wasn't super young when i started a lot of those kids when they pick it up they can just rehabilitate like overnight so yeah man well we we're kind of curious, like before we started this interview, like how do you keep up? I guess like what is like the exercise routine to keep up with this kind of like sport or this kind mm. of like activity? Because I'm really interested in martial arts and I did some of that growing up and I'd like to get back into it now. But working a desk job like as a programmer and then it's having hard. to put time into something right. else. And then when I, I was just curious because your video is pretty cool. <laughs> you obviously yeah. got skills. The hardest part was for like trying to like get like if I had to take long breaks like once I, I had a concussion from breaking in 2012 mm -hmm. it was like really hard for me to like come back to it after taking those eight months off and then after that like um after like having at least a steady practice of at least once a week it was definitely felt better but if I take a couple weeks off it, it feels like the worst thing in the world when I start up again right and then uh, the hardest part is like, I guess, doing it again the second week. So like the first week at back, you're doing it. It's really hard. You're like, okay, this is really hard. And then the second week you're like, oh, that was really hard last time. Mm -hmm. Um, but then if you just like keep that up, that's like, like that repetition, getting those like weekly reps in is like really the only thing okay. I can do to make sure my body doesn't completely fall apart. <laughs> just have that habit, that routine in place. Yeah, because without it, if I just like sporadically did it or something or if I tried to pick it up and like tried to go uh, back to my normal level immediately, I would just destroy myself. OK, like I find whenever I, I'll call it free time, like I'm often like drawn to like do like computer projects or like a yeah. personal like programming project these days. But is it like how much time do you put into it seems so like basic to call it an exercise routine, but like uh, physical activities or like, like training? Yeah, uh, I you know, so. I, I go to the, the gym three times a week, three, four times a week for about an hour. And then so okay. like one of those days, I'll just be an hour of breaking instead. Uh, that said, there's like a studio that I they practice at here. There's a lot of like Colorado is amazing because there's four breaking studios alone. That's all they teach is breaking. Whoa. In Denver metro area, which is ridiculous. <laughs> wow. uh, like doesn't exist anywhere else. It's like. I don't know, like L.A. and maybe Miami or something. But um, the scene here is outrageous. So you can go to like a real good dance studio practice or whatever. But me personally uh, now, right now, because I have a, a new little baby here who's two months Aww. old and oh, it's kind of hard to get out of the house. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So it's hard to get out and um, make the practice time. So I've been just doing it at the house where I can and, you know, trying to find an hour here or there or whatever. But, I, you know, I think if I allocate maybe five, six hours a week to physical activity, um, make sure my wife gets that time as well. And, um, you know, we, we just help each other out in those ways, you know, watch the baby, whatever. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's the hardest part when you have a, a baby running around, too, because <laughs> yeah. it's like work, baby or exercise. I know I bring my uh, computer to the because we have a, a squat rack in my uh, garage. Oh, so I just bring my computer dream. into the garage and, uh. and I just like work on stuff. So it's like I, I cut my work day short. And since I work for myself, it's, you know, one of those things. It's like, all right, I'm paying for this later myself. So it's not like I have somebody breathing down my neck to be like, all right, you know, you got to you got to be online right now. But I'll, I actually do get a fair amount of work done in my rest 
my rest time, I'll like save emails for that time because mm-hmm. I can do an email in between sets or or find stuff to to fill that space. But it's like not a situation that most people can just. Yeah, do. you need to come out with that. The, yeah. the Linsky workout system. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um. So speaking of working for yourself, I saw also that you worked uh, on the Ford website yeah. on a team for quite some time. How do you? I guess let, let's talk about that and maybe how you um, the, the positives and negatives of working for yourself versus working on a you know a large team like that. Yeah. And it's funny because I worked on um, before then I worked for several agencies, like some of which had like 12 people and 24 mm-hmm. people and like smaller companies. And then I do this Fort website and uh, it's 3000 people at the company. Uh, it wasn't Ford directly. We were working for Ford's agency. So I was employed by an agency that hired for it to do this and basically uh it was really weird uh because even <laughs> with the small companies you get access to the you're talking to the project managers you're talking to your the the business owners you're talking to everybody and you're in the meetings and then this was all like all right i'm on a a crack team of you know 25 ux uh designers and all these people to come up with these experimental interfaces and whatever but like we, we hardly had any interaction with Ford themselves. Yeah. And if we were, it was like, all right, now you, you guys get out of the meeting here. Uh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to show these off. And not only that, but we had to do a lot of Q&A. The, the idea of what we were building was essentially you could think of them as like design experiments. And so uh, the design experiments with the intention is that they would turn into a sort of a style guide that would like eventually permeate through all of Ford.com. Mm-hmm. And like what ended up happening, which is funny, I'm on Ford.com right now just to check it out. And some of our stuff is still <laughs> up here, uh, which is surprising because a lot of it wasn't up there for a long time. It's like we had spent like two years working on what is essentially a style guide. And then like none of it made it into the website. <sighs> I just remember being like very like, come on. Wow. Yeah, kind of let down. My like single contribution um, if you go to any of the cars, there's a grid of eight photos, and if you hover over them, they grow. Yeah, I, m- I made that up. <laughs> I just made that up, and I did it for fun, and they were like, we like this, and they didn't like anything else. And, like, the designers were like, okay. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. the, the developer just did this for, for fun, and, yeah, this is actually kind of funny. There's a decent amount of stuff in here. I don't think any of it is my code because, mm-hmm. again, being a, a giant company, the whole thing was wacky. So, like, they have uh, a really weird setup. And we weren't allowed to, we were creating a style guide, but imagine a style guide and a component guide where you can't share any of that code with the people who are actually going to be building the production things. And, uh, it's essentially just, yeah. So like none of the, oh, actually I take it back. We could share HTML. Uh, so (laughs) (laughs) it was just so weird and it was just totally bizarre and we built all of these components and they they nitpicked them as if it was going up live on the site tomorrow. So mm-hmm. we'd be in a meeting and it would be like this this hairline is the just the hair off the shade uh, that it's supposed to be. Right. Oh, OK, we'll change it. But like <laughs> why are you focusing on that? <laughs> yeah, like five people ever, you know, looked at any of this stuff or whatever. And it would go to Q&A and they'd Q&A it like it was going live and then they would have somebody else rebuild it. They would rebuild it and they would rebuild it incorrectly or not to this, the specification or not mm-hmm. to the thing that we Jeez. made. It's like, well, how, how would you expect this to work when we can't <laughs> share the code? Like, And it was all just Angular. So it's like we could have just shared the Angular code and then they could hook it up to their backends or whatever. And like, 
What was no. the thinking behind not letting you guys share the code? Uh, they have a lot of different um, code bases. And so they were sort of like, well, we don't know if all of our developers all over the world in all of these 90 different markets, right? Because mm -hmm. they're not running the same code bases. Uh, like, you know, Ford Hong Kong isn't running the same back end or front end as Ford.com US, which makes no sense on top of mm -hmm. that. Uh, <laughs> but they're not. They're not running the same one. So because of that, it was like, well, um, we don't want their developers to have to be forced into Angular and forced into SaaS and forced into the stuff that you used. So therefore, we're just going to let them build it in whatever the heck they want to build it. And uh, and you'll just use yours as a guide. And <laughs> okay. yeah, try to build my, it as many times as possible, I guess. Yeah, right. One of my uh, coworkers, uh, he, he got to stay on for a year after I left just to maintain the style guide okay just watch it to make sure it didn't change yeah <laughs> somehow that's it he's like don't uh, worry i got it i guess yeah. the screen all day well like why not give those other developers the choice between i don't know copying <laughs> it in their own technology or using the same thing i know we we had these same discussions and it was just always madness and then uh sorry i'm getting a, a baby here hold on oh, no my worries. wife has to leave though acquiring a baby thank you baby oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a little baby. <laughs> yeah. She's yep. amazing. This is Brooklyn. Hi, I'm Brooklyn. Just hanging out. <laughs> oh, She'll probably funny. just be pretty cool here as Maybe. long as she has her pacifier. Yeah, looks pretty mellow. We're getting two for one on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> two Talinskis. Yeah, Brooklyn's first podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was weird. The whole thing was weird. Um, and even like, I don't know, the... Our like our boss got fired like I don't know six months before I left the gig, and he just didn't show up to work for like three weeks. And and since like we hardly reported to anybody, like nobody even told us he was fired. <laughs> we were just like sort of sitting around, just being like, uh, so like, yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> Is there any plan? Are we fired too? Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, so compared to working for yourself, it sounds like that, that was much worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, although it was uh, like jobs like that, they're prime opportunities to learn on the job mm -hmm. because, you know, like there there wasn't, you know, anything that we had to be doing other than exploring these things. And, you know, Angular was pretty new onto the scene. So a lot of us were spending the time. It got to give us an opportunity to cut our teeth on um, building applications and, and more interesting stuff than just, you know, uh, HTML, CSS. And, and it was... Uh, it was a good experience, and I got to put Ford.com on my resume, which, you know, helps. Yeah. That's awesome. It's pretty huge. Yeah, right. What about, um, what is your current stack for leveluptuts.com? I don't think we've even brought leveluptuts up yet. Yeah. Yeah. Which so, we should bring up. How would you, like, best describe that? That seem, It seems to be your main project right now, or? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 my full-time gig, and uh, I started Level Up Tutorials in 2012 um, just to do videos on YouTube, and mm. then... Uh, when I left the Ford job, I'm sorry if there's a dog barking. We might get another guest. <laughs> <in a minute. laughs> um, but yeah, when I uh, when I left that gig, it was like, okay, now I can try to actually make this happen um, because I, you know, I was getting some decent ad revenue coming in from YouTube. Little did I know YouTube would like slash that in half and then cut it in half again, <laughs> and then I would like make nothing off of YouTube. Uh -huh. So it's like, 
even with 300,000 subscribers, it's like I can't even pay half my rent with with that, YouTube ad revenue. That's surprising. I didn't know. Yeah. That. Yeah, it's bananas. It's it and maybe I used to I used to be able to. Now now no, wouldn't be close. But uh so at some point I did, I had to figure out like a monetization strategy and I tried a bunch of different things like cuz I knew people liked my content, but I didn't know how they were going to pay for it after I'd given away like 2000 videos for free. It's right. like, yes. all right, here's 2000 free things. Now <laughs> yeah. here's 20 things, but you have to pay for them. Uh, so I just started making the content a little bit more in depth and a little bit more higher quality and like less YouTube and um, focused more on those things and started selling it and having a subscription model instead. So level of tutorials now is like my whole platform. I wrote it myself from scratch. Um, it, it has an e-commerce portion. It has a subscription portion. Um, and I like looked at several stacks and um, frameworks to build that on. And at the time, there was just like really not anything, not necessarily anything good, but anything viable that could connect the same content to buy, to get access to via subscription, like to do all the stuff I wanted to. It would have been mm -hmm. such a giant pain. Um, and so there's points I wish I would have just picked a stack and hacked it. Um, but I ended up building it from scratch. When I built it, it was straight up Meteor. There was Meteor on the back end, which is a Node platform. Mm -hmm. um, so basically just Node. And then on the front end was Meteor's front end framework called Blaze, which um, was actually pretty sweet. It, it, it is very similar to Vue in a lot of ways. Um, and then I uh, migrated to React like pretty early on and then now the platform uses a whole bunch of stuff. It uses Apollo for this, the API. Mm -hmm. It uses, uh, so Apollo server, Apollo client, it's React. It's um, still Meteor, but I'm hardly using Meteor. Meteor is just the build tool and account system for me. And then I'm MongoDB on the database. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to stop my dog from barking. No, he's no like, worries. Just like, oh my we God. don't mind either way. Look, Lucy. <laughs> Reminds me of here. Rocky. Come here. Can you say hi to the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> hi. Oh. Wow. A hair bow and everything. Okay. You're going to stay here because I don't want you running around barking. Actually, oh no, I take that back. I'm just going to... Please don't bark, though. See, this is a yeah. genuine podcast. <laughs> I'm bringing Rocky next time. Do you have a dog? Yes, he's That's a funny. Rottweiler. He's amazing. And just as loud. <laughs> Well, at the very least, I've shut like several doors. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and for the listening audience, Scott just held up what looked like a wadded up shag carpet. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's basically, basically with a Lucy. pink hair bow. With, yeah, yeah, with a bow in its hair. Yeah, she is ridiculous. Um, she's a Hungarian puli, which is like a sheep herding dog. Uh -huh. wow. She has dreadlocks, and um, and she just barks nonstop because she she. <laughs> as frustrating as the barking is, like she looks out for us, right? And we know That's she's awesome. just looking out for us. You're just like, okay, I know you. You know, you think somebody's somebody's here. Yeah, we have a little yeah. a little puggle, and it's the same thing where it's like I, I dread getting a, a anything from Amazon because he'll just go oh. insane and tear the box <laughs> apart. But at the yeah. same time, you know, I have two small kids, and I'm like, well, at least I know that if anybody comes near the front door, he'll lose. Oh his mind. yeah. So yeah, it's a little exactly. We will wake up in the middle of the night if somebody's trying to get into the house. Yeah, if yes. someone walks across the street, exactly. we usually wake up. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm curious about um, since you use your YouTube videos to stream onto your Level Up Tut site, like what's the? Do you have anything automated 
as far as when you upload something to YouTube, does that trigger anything on Level Up Tuts? Yeah, the um the the, the platform is pretty interesting, and in fact, I just like rewrote it like three days ago, so it's even more interesting now. So uh, nice. I have this thing called the Importizer. Um, I give, I, because they're my admin tools, I like to give them all funny names. Um, <laughs> you know, the affiliator. Yeah. Um, yeah. The taggerator. Um, At least you can tell like what that. they do from the title. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You just, yeah. Uh, they're not too outrageous. But uh, the importizer, what I do is I now, before I just pasted in the uh, YouTube playlist ID, which is like a private playlist, and then mm -hmm. I'd click submit and it would just bring it all in. Well, it would review things and then uh, make me click a couple more buttons and then it would bring it in. Mm -hmm. But now uh, I create something for pre-release. I get to upload and prepare it all. Then I get to paste in the playlist. I click one button and all of the videos um, plus all of the playlist information and um, all of the key information I'd want for anything pops in there. So it's a, it's a pretty sweet little system that I've been able to really like custom tailor to like what I need, mm -hmm. um, which is changing all the time. It's about to support Vimeo because I'm going to, move my hosting over to Vimeo just to... Oh. Yeah. Out of curiosity, what was that? Or why did well, you make that choice? Because to be entirely honest, I don't know if I'm breaking the terms of service mm. at all. I'm hosting hundreds of videos, hundreds of well, thousands of videos now at this point that are just unlisted and not available publicly on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then I'm basically using YouTube as a video host. I just don't know if that like... Yeah. Yeah, how how like if I'm breaking your rules? So the last thing I want is YouTube to be like, you know what? We notice what you're doing. All mm -hmm. of your traffic's you know coming oh, no. from these things. So uh, I have no idea if that's the case. But to protect myself, uh, Vimeo's platform is made to do what I'm doing. So um, and at the very mm -hmm. least, it's uh, I I wouldn't have to worry about it because it's you know a paid service to do do exactly that. Nice. And with any of these services, they you know that. Baby, like I thought I've contemplated like building my own so many times, but the amount of stuff that you get like with streaming video services for buffering and, and upload stuff and anything that it takes to author that content and serve it. It's just like, that's not a headache I want to deal with. There's, you know, I dealt with the headache of building a custom subscription service in an e-commerce store and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you know, what? I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> yeah. I, this is not one of the ones I want to deal with. Yeah, we saw that you're coming out with a, a Gatsby Stripe Shopify course. Yes. And I know Tiffany yeah. is interested because she's... That was super exciting to me. I've I've not developed on Shopify, but I've actually used a Shopify store before. Kind of like a little personal experiment. Um, oh, cool. I guess like the business model is called drop shipping, where you can like yeah. get products <laughs> in your shop, but you don't yeah you don't have to like pre-purchase them, so it doesn't take a big investment. And it was really like really fun to like learn more about like online like marketing and e-commerce and things like that. And then I did a little bit just like altering the styles of the Shopify templates I was using, but like nothing hardcore. And then I'm just about to jump into Gatsby as well because, oh, cool. yeah, we're using that on a couple projects. And so I was in interested in hearing more about that. Or when do you think that'll be out? Because that'll be. Yeah. Uh, Gatsby is like my favorite thing in the world. So oh, um, nice. you build it. It makes it just really amazing. Like my site's Gatsby. It's it's really quick to just build sites that are really fast. Um, and so the, the course is coming out next Wednesday on the 31st. Oh. And then um, so I do a new course every single the last day of every month is is technically when they're released now is my has been my schedule for the past i think like maybe six months or so I, okay. i've like really locked that in and um and so this course is going to like the first eight videos get you set up and we build like um 
we build a, a basic buy now situation with just Stripe and Gatsby, like no Shopify at all, so that you can just um, just have a product in Stripe exclusively and just that. And then the last half is building with Shopify. And then I, it was like around like video number 24 or so and I'm recording these and I'm like, I, I have like 20 more videos to record in this series. It's never going <laughs> to, never, ever going to finish. So I'm doing part two in August, which is going to be um, an advanced implementation of it. And you just do like, nice. you build the shopping cart from scratch. It's like, because right now everything that we're building in this first one is like all sort of just like buy now button situations, mm -hmm. which is, you know, only so appropriate. Um, so the the next one is going to be building a, a full on e-commerce store with a shopping cart, Shopify, and then not worrying about anything else. So, yeah, I, I'll, have, so I'll have 40 some videos on Shopify and Gatsby coming out soon. So very, very happy for that. Dude, thank you. <laughs> because I will definitely be checking it out. Well, thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, how do you, out of curiosity, how do you feel about React Native? Have you done much um, development yeah. with that? I, I saw that at one point you were into Java and Android development, so I'm curious how you feel about yeah. React Native. I'm not, I was I was awful at Android. I had like six <laughs> six uh, apps in the App Store, and they were all like, push a button and hear a horn sound, and like, <laughs> I was just like, you know what? This this app makes me five dollars a month, so I only have to make a hundred more of the <laughs> yeah. same app. It has to make a uh, fart noise. That's that's what my son has on my phone, and he, it's his yep. favorite app. Oh my <laughs> gosh! I n I never made the fart noise, but I made a I made a, a club air horn. I made a Ooh. Debbie Downer sound. So I'm like, <laughs> brum, brum, brum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, that, that was like my niche was the push sound <laughs> to get. But and and if you uh, watch my Android tutorials, you will pick that up because that's what we do in the Android <laughs> tutorial. Because that's as far as I got. Uh, no, I I love React Native. Actually, I. Uh, I've done a couple courses on it myself, and uh, for this most recent one, though, I brought in Spencer Carley, who's a React Native expert. I, I really like his content on YouTube. If you're mm -hmm. interested in React Native, he Spencer has so much Carly. good stuff. Yeah, yeah, Carley spelled C-A-R-L-I. Um, he's a real cool dude, okay. and um, he he really knows the stuff around React Native. So um, I really like it as a platform. It's amazing to me that you can use React to build. Uh, native apps. I wish I had free time to to work on it more. Mm -hmm. I have a um, an app that I built, a web app that I built for breaking. That like, it's so funny. It keeps track of my moves because you know it's all improv, right? So you don't know what you're doing when you go up there. But if you do the same move in two separate rounds, like let's say I'm in the prelims of a competition, I do a move, and then I'm in the next round, do a, the same move. The judges notice that and they're mm. like, he doesn't have any moves. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have a really bad memory. So I have like a thing where after I do my round, I can check off the, the moves that I use. And then it shows me categorized with like the difficulty and all those oh things gosh. that I want to see. So I can be like, okay, this is what I have left. This mm -hmm. is what I know I can pull off or whatever. Um, so I built this app and it's in, um, it's in React and Meteor and Apollo and stuff. And I love it, but... I really want to do it in React Native now. Mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of sick of the way it is currently, and I was like, you know, it'd be really great as an experiment to do this in React Native. So I'm, I'm really hoping to carve out some time. I carved out some time a couple weeks ago to get started on it, and I installed React Native, and that's like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay, you're almost <laughs> there. Yeah, the first step, <laughs> man. Baby's crying or something. I gotta, yeah, gotta take a break. Okay, yeah. Well, Scott, we really appreciate you taking the time to do this for us today. It's oh, yeah. so fun getting to know you. You have so many great stories. Mm -hmm. 
Well, thank you. I have I have many more. <laughs> we will have you on again. We we did. Please. We're trying to ask all of our guests about music, and we forgot to ask yeah. while we were talking about it. What I guess what would your favorite band be, and then what do you listen to while you are coding? Oh, um, it's a good question on the band front, um, because. I don't really know. I know that's like a, such a weird thing for me to say because I listen to so much music. Um, I really like, I honestly, I really like Radiohead. Um, I have like all of the special editions and uh, I've seen them in concert and they're, you know, they're honestly my, probably my favorite band. Um, uh-huh. but I, I, I would actually listen awesome. to them. I went to a code school and whenever I would, have days when like i felt like <laughs> i was completely failing i would put on like fake plastic trees on repeat and just think that oh it's yeah never gonna work but yeah they're they're fantastic <laughs> yeah absolutely um you know what it, it's so funny i listen to a lot of stuff from a lot of different genres and i listen to a lot of uh rap music the mm-hmm. I've, I've been getting really into um i've been really getting into some it's kind of obscure stuff there's some like prince Prince Paul, I don't know if you're familiar with Prince Paul, and um, they had a group, Handsome Boy Modeling School, a while ago. Uh, but there's some old Prince Paul albums and some some sort of obscure stuff that he's done that I really liked. I have a playlist called uh, Golden Era. It's my Golden Era rap music playlist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty much everything from like the uh, late late '80s to the mid to late '90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, people is that public on really Spotify? Really it is. Yeah. All right, Golden I, Era. Yeah. Look it up, guys. Yeah. And I, I can I can share a link or something, but people have been telling me they really like it. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of uh, a lot of obscure rap stuff. I, I listen to a lot of just yeah, a lot of rap stuff. For some reason, I love that 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 genre of uh, uh, even just like the sample based music. Mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of because I still record music myself, and I was doing a lot of like sample based things. And it's not like beats necessarily; it's music, but it's all very sample based and has its roots in some like avant-garde stuff from you know the 80s but yeah that's awesome what kind of music do you still record just playing your instruments or um mostly mostly electronic keyboards now and stuff so i have a like a midi controller and i'll i'll play and i'll do everything on the drum pads uh my dog the the pulley the um the mop she is terrified of my drum kit so like oh, no. i can't play it really and so i really need an electronic kit i'm like really suffering because it's been like years since i've been able to really play it because she just like loses her mind yeah. so oh, um we don't want to freak her out so yeah you know i'll play guitar too on it i'll plug it in and um do a little newly around stuff and uh, I can share a link or something. I used to do a lot of music where I was singing on it and stuff. I'm really bad at singing. And so that's probably why that never took off anywhere. <laughs> but yeah, send us those links. We will include them in the show notes. Definitely. Particularly yeah, that golden sure. era playlist would be pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. All right, Scott. Well, we really appreciate it. I, I noticed our recording, our recorder at one point was frozen. So I had to press record again. So it, oh, no worries. if something glitched out, I'm going to lose my mind. But we're crossing our fingers. <laughs> No worries. We can always do this again. I'm around oh. and I have, I've been recording mine. So, okay. We'll definitely, Whatever. we'll definitely do it again. Thanks a lot, Scott. Awesome. Bye Brooklyn. Have a good one. Bye. Wow. That was a great interview. My favorite part was all the break dancing, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are going to quit uh, being programmers and start being B-boys now. I know. It'll be great. The influence of Scott Talinsky. <laughs> um, so reminder to go to ducttapes.fm. And sign up for our newsletter. If you want his new course coming out yeah. this Wednesday, you guys Gatsby, got two Shopify, days. Shopify, and Stripe. That's right. 
Um, but yeah, that was a really, really fun interview. It was great having Scott on. He's a, if you couldn't see that or hear that, a real personable guy. We had a great time. Really? Hopefully we'll have him on again soon. I believe him when he says he has so many stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, getting concussions from breakdancing is uh, pretty crazy. And just like everything we talked about is, oh, yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, I play that instrument. Yeah, it's like, okay, and what don't you do? He went through his full stack, too. Like, yeah. I love hearing about the technologies other people are using. It's just mm -hmm. always interesting and always good to know. Yeah, really great time. Um, thanks again for listening, everybody. Good. Spread the word. Go to ducttapes.fm. And check out Level Up Tutorials. That's it. Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs> Powered by Vincent. Quack, quack.